My fellow Americans, are you tired of the new normal? Are you tired of the lies? Election fraud. You know the thing that the mainstream media and big tech says doesn't exist? It is time to end it. We must keep going. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Many of you are sitting here because you're wanting to know what the plan is. This has to be peaceful! We have the right to peacefully assemble! The solution has been in front of us all along. Ask God if you should step into the gap and become a part of the plan. The plan is simple. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are the plan. If you're waiting for others to do the work for you, you're going to be waiting a long time. We are Conservative Daily. Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Oltman. We have a, and I don't want to take any more time to talk about anything other than our guest. We have Peter Navarro that is here with us today. And um, for, for those of you that don't know Peter, actually, I think everyone knows Peter. Um, but he has, he has really stood up. He, whew, where do I start? So he, he worked with President Trump. He worked in the White House. He was there and present for all the things that are happening around uh, November of 2020 and before. He watched the obstructionists inside the White House. People, uh, you know, I call them Judases, but the people that are around him that, that would nod their head and do exactly the opposite in order to stand in the way of progress in uh, President Trump's White House. So without any further, I want to bring him on, but he, we've got a lot of exciting things to, to talk about. Peter, welcome to the show. Joe, it truly is great to be with you, sir. Uh, I think we are fellow travelers in uh, putting up the slings and arrows of outrageous uh, Democrats these days, sir. Well, I tell you what, they, they, um, they say a lot of things. They slander and they uh, resort to lies because they don't have any, any grounding or any foundation of truth. Um, before we start, tell us a little bit about your picture behind you. We were just talking about this before. Yeah, this is uh, interesting. I took this picture from uh, the uh, balcony of my apartment in Washington, D.C., deep in the swamp. Um, on uh, my left shoulder here is the uh, former Trump Hotel. Uh, but more interestingly, this is the Department of Justice. Uh, and right across... Uh, the street uh, off camera is the FBI, which is about a field goal chip shot away. And behind me, if you can see it, is actually <laughs> the National Archives. So I got three buildings, basically, that have been involved in um, what's been um, uh, my um, my outrageous arrest at Reagan Airport, uh, my criminal charges. Um, as well as a civil suit being filed. And um, it's been a, an interesting journey that began uh, with a congressional committee in Washington, D.C. that has weaponized the investigatory powers of Congress contrary to the Constitution. I said that long before they ever gave me a subpoena. And um, at one point, they subpoenaed me 
um, President Trump invoked executive privilege. And because it's not my privilege to waive, I uh, failed to comply with that subpoena. And the next thing I know, <laughs> I'm in leg irons uh, in a D.C. basement jail in the same cell uh, John Hinckley was in when he shot, shot Ronald Reagan. Now, you can't make that up. And what President Trump and I share in common right now um, is the fact that, uh, for my case, an over-the-top, unnecessary arrest when um, I let the FBI know if they needed anything from me, just give me a call. Same thing with President Trump. He expressed cooperation. Next thing he knows, he's got um, armed FBI agents raiding uh, the panty draw down at Mar-a-Lago, as well as whatever else they want to try to pull away. So this, uh, you know, the big picture here that we have to stay focused on is a Congress, a Department of Justice, an FBI, and even a National Archives, archives that has been politicized in ways that violate our Constitution. Uh, and this book I've got, Taking Back Trump's America, which I know you're going to talk about, is important in this scheme of things, Joe, because a lot of the stuff we're seeing now is noise. The signal is the election in November for the House of Representatives and the election in 2024 in November for the White House. And Taking Back Trump's America is about, first and foremost, getting the House back, not just for Republicans. That's not that's not enough. We got to get it back for Trump Republicans. So, for example, getting Cheney out of Wyoming, a Republican in name only, we got to get rid of her in her primary. We've got to basically get a hundred seats swing, a hundred hundred seats for a hundred years flood. And in the Taking Back Trump's America book, Joe, there's a really interesting story about some of the many Judases in the White House who made the mistake in 2018 to focus on the Senate race rather than the House race. And it was that oversight, Joe, that allowed Nancy Pelosi to grab the speaker's gavel. And then that allowed little Jamie Raskin and Shifty Lion Schiff and others to weaponize against the Constitution the investigatory powers of Congress. Yeah, so in this book, and I think you're, I think you're absolutely right. And when you talk about Trump Republicans, I think that that's the America first, and it's not even just, in, in my opinion, Trump. It's, it's there are Democrats that are coming out by the by the thousands, by the tens of thousands, yes. by the millions. Um, yes. And I think that on one side you have Americans, and the other side you have these these communist corrupt, uh, you know, this this regime or this this elitist type of, of mentality on the other. And it's funny that you start seeing um, people like Elon Musk and others that are coming forward saying, hey, look, this isn't what I signed up for. I woke up one day and we have this radical agenda that's been pushed upon us. But, but this book that you have, um, that you wrote, uh, Taking Back Trump's America, Why We Lost the White House and How We Win It Back, is a sequel to a book that came out just prior to that. And... This all the stories that you weren't allowed to put in the first book you put in this one. Yeah, there's uh, 
This is uh, Navarro Straight uh, Whiskey No Chaser in this. Um, and, and it's for a reason. Um, this is not uh, to get back at anybody. That's not the point at all. The point is um, a principle that goes back to the old Reagan saw that personnel is policy. Ronald Reagan, after watching some of the failures of the Nixon administration, understood that if you put bad personnel in the White House, you're going to get policies that are contrary to what you stand for. Hmm. And Reagan learned that lesson from Nixon, but we did not learn that lesson from Ronald Reagan. And so the central organizing principle, the Taking Back Trump's America book, is that bad personnel is not just bad policy, but also bad politics. And the idea in the Taking Back Trump's America book, the first part of it, is that because of these bad personnel, the election in 2020 um, was close enough to steal and steal it the Democrats did. And so I go over, I mean, look, the, the, some of the obvious ones that people know about, um, Rex Tillerson, uh, Jim Mattis, uh, John Kelly, H.R. McMaster, these people had no business being inside the Trump White House. But there's others. Um, Mick Mulvaney right now is is popping off every other day from his little perch on CBS. I mean, that SOB, when I was in the White House, couldn't have been more opposed to the two key pillars of the Trump administration, which is buy American and, and trade tariffs. And right. I had to fight that SOB every friggin' day he was in there on these policies. And now, you know, after the boss gave him a nice little ambassadorship to Northern Ireland after he almost got the boss impeached, Mick Mulvaney turns on him. And there's time after time, Joe, there's just these people, these bad seeds who keep popping up, the Fiona Hills, the, the Alexander Vindmans, the Cassidy Hutchinson. These people, all of them, had no business being inside the White House during the first term. And we've got to make sure that after we get the House back and after we get the White House back, that we have good personnel making good policy on behalf of the American public. And that's, that's I think, a story worth telling. I, I, I'd like to believe that 50 years from now, the, the In Trump Time book and now the Taking Back Trump's America book will be the definitive insider's account of what happened in the Trump White House. Well, I mean, I, I just have a question for you related to that. And I got to see it on the purview. I was in D.C. at the end of, of December and the beginning part of January of 2021, and I saw the chaos. I also saw this unquenchable thirst for power uh, that that it's hard to describe. But you can see it when people are meeting with you and you have all these meetings that are happening around you. Why are these people inside the White House doing so much to disrupt things that were obviously good for the American people. Why? What, what, what's their yeah. motive and why are they doing this? Well, um, in the Taking Back Trump's America book, I, I thought it was really important to go back to the 2016 campaign. You know, I'm one of only three people who was with the boss from that campaign to the end. right? And what I saw as soon as we won that election on November, uh, in, in November uh, of 2016, in came, uh, this was the original sin of the administration, in came uh, the 
Republican National Committee contingent led by Ryan's Priebus and this woman named Katie Walsh, who was truly evil. And what they did was, was bring in all of these old Bush-style rhino Republicans to populate the administration. There's an interesting story in the Taking Back Trump's America book how I worked with this guy, Marty Silverstein, who we were trying to put together uh, dossiers for uh, people who could be real Trump loyalists. And as soon as Reince got in there, um, those stuff, that stuff went in the trash. So what happened was, it's like you got these rhino, bushy Republicans, and you ask me why these people worked against the Trump agenda, it's because they opposed the Trump agenda. Here's the thing, Joe. And again, I, I, I talk about this in the, this is a really important part of the Taking Back Trump's America book. It's like, what's a rhino? A rhino distinguishes from a Trump Republican as follows. Trump Republicans and rhinos agree on things like deregulation and right. tax cuts, even strategic energy dominance, right? But what we part ways with the rhinos on two key issues, right? It's secure borders and fair trade, right? The rhinos want to offshore our jobs to China, and they want to bring in cheap labor from Mexico and Latin America, right? And so that's where and it's like there's so much money involved in this battle that you get Wall Street transactionalists. That's what I call them in the Taking Direct Trump's America book, like, like Steve Mnuchin, Jared Kushner, Gary Cohn. I mean, these people, they had no business being in the Trump administration. They did not support the Trump policies. Mick Mulvaney, I, that that guy, I, he was like a thorn in my side for every minute he was there. And nobody knows that. They need to know that now. And, and it once they know that, it'll make sense, Joe, when they see Mulvaney popping off on CBS, taking home a big check for being anti-Trump. I swear they pay that guy by the by the Trump blast these days. He probably gets a bonus every time he, he <laughs> popped off. You know, you did. You actually call you, as you as you walk through it. And I haven't had a chance to read the book yet. Obviously, it doesn't come out until September twentieth. But um, you know, you talk about this confederacy of, of predatory globalists, and yeah. and and how these never Trumpers came to power. And I've had a hard time swallowing how Republicans could stand against President Trump, given what he's done, and yet they almost are giving Joe Biden a free pass. Yet he's done so much harm to the, to the American people, and we look at it, and we're not we're not we're not zeroing in on the people that are doing true harm to the American people, and we're we're it's as it's as if the Republicans yeah. and Democrats they stand together that they're it's a uniparty we call it a uniparty. Yep. So, so do we do we have a third party? Do we do we, do we make it a third party of we, Republicans we, with a national? We have a we have a, a an ascendant Trump Republican party. I think one of the great achievements of Donald Trump, and I view him as the greatest president in modern history. He did have this Achilles heel of hiring bad personnel. He is the greatest president. But one of the great achievements um, was to transform the Republican Party into the party of the deplorables, the working class, the, the brown, black, and blue-collar Americans, the Trump Democrats, all of the Reagan Democrats, we have that party, and there's a, there's still this battle going on. I mean, it, it went on in Arizona, that battle between uh, Robeson and Kerry Lake for governor, yep. 
I mean, that was a battle royale. They had the McCainites and the Rhinos do everything possible at Kerry Lake. And by the way, she she was down by 10 percentage points as soon as they started counting the absentee ballots. And yep. she had to claw her way all the way back. And it's like, it's, you know, the Carl Rove wing. It's the George Bush wing. It's like Rove and Bush and Cheney, they, they, their legacy is killing millions of people in their wars and spending trillions of dollars of American treasure that could have otherwise been used to build up this country. And they don't want Trump in there saying that emperor's got no clothes. So, and they, of course, the Wall Street guys, I mean, the Black Rocks, and the, they, they're making money hand over fist. And if they could put Gary Cohn and Steve Mnuchin in there, they were happy as clams. I'm still, I just, I'm still pissed off about Gary Cohn. I mean, how the hell did the president of Goldman Sachs get put in charge of economic policy? I mean, I, I wound up beating that son of a bitch eventually. We drove him out of the White House with his tail between his legs, but not before he held up the president's trade agenda for for months and months and months and months. All right, so I have to ask the white elephant question in the room that I've been, you know, I beat my head against the wall. President Trump is yeah. one of the smartest, most, I mean, he didn't need to get involved in this. He didn't need to, he didn't need to run for president. It has, yeah. it has been, it has cost him dearly, financially and otherwise, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, why did he let them stay so long? Why not just cut these people out? Why not just eliminate them and bring other people in? It was a devil he knows better than the devil he doesn't know. I mean, I, I'm just trying to understand the logic behind this. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that's a lot of what the Taking Back Trump's America book is about because um, it depends on who you're talking about. They're, they're, I, I talk about kind of in archetypes the different people who got in there for different reasons. I mean, for example, the president um, it likes four-star generals for mm -hmm. whatever reason. I think it go one of the, his favorite TV series was the Victory at Sea series. He'll he'll watch you know <laughs> he could watch that like ten times and still not get tired. And so we wound up with with Mattis, McMaster, um, and John Kelly. Now, all yeah. three of those generals, um, I indict in the Taking Back Trump's America book for treason. Why? Because they violated the most common thing that's essential to the American military. What is that? It's obeying the chain of command. command. Yet those SOBs did not obey the commander in chief. Time and again, time and again, their agenda was to make sure Trump couldn't be Trump. So, so with those guys, and then with with Gary Cohn, I mean, I, you know, there's speculation that because Goldman Sachs always treated Donald Trump like he was a peasant, yeah, maybe having having uh, one of their guys be his lapdog uh, might work. But the problem was was like Gary Cohn was a lapdog. He was a lapdog every time he was in the Oval Office. He was obsequious and subservient. I mean, it was like just a bootlicker. But as soon as he got out of the Oval Office, he'd go do just the opposite way to the president. So, so you know, you, you, these, these people literally walk in there and they shake their head and they and then they create these obstructions behind yeah. it. It's, yeah. you know, I equate that to... Say you know, yes, do no. Steve Mnuchin. That's, that's Steve 
friggin' Mnuchin. If Mnuchin alone had never darkened the door of the Oval Office, President Trump would still be sitting there. Okay, so let's fast forward. We saw what happened on the 3rd of November. We thought, saw what happened through COVID. We know that they fed, they, they have actually come, come forward and said, I purposely lied about COVID. I mean, this, this actually happened. We lied yeah. to President Trump about COVID. Yeah. We lied to him about yeah. the severity of it. Um, he would be getting fed information about things that would save American, American lives. And yet you had the CDC and, and Anthony Fauci doing everything he could in order to go against that. And, and, and frankly, stood up against President Trump on national television. But when standing next to Trump said, oh, no, no, we, we, he, everything's good. But, but it wasn't good. Wasn't good. And no. you saw you saw this weaponization happen, and then we saw what happened on the third of November. You know what could have changed? What could have been different that we would be in a different world today? Looking back on the third yeah. of November, what what decisions could we have made that were different that would have led to a maybe a different outcome in January? Well, that's what the Taking Back Trump's America book is all about. Um, what I outline is not just the bad personnel, but the fact that these bad personnel created a series of strategic failures. There's five big ones and three smaller ones. And I go over them chapter and verse. I mean, one, you know, one of them, for example, is we went from uh, the, the lean Trump Force One efficient campaign in 2016 to, you know, the J Jared Kushner Hindenburg of 2020. I mean, that was a problem. But when you talk about Fauci, one of the, I think one of the most compelling um, chapters in Taking Back Trump's America talks about Fauci's lie of omission. The fact that if we had known then that Fauci was actually the guy who had funded those Wuhan lab experiments and was likely responsible for the pandemic we could have got the hell get him the hell out of there right then i mean he he was like an open festering wound by design the whole time he was there and the irony is he caused the pandemic in all likelihood and so just there's a lot of information that 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 history deserves to record that's what i'm trying to do with taking back trump's america but it's like if we don't remember the past we're condemned to repeat it and that's the philosophy of the book i use that quote to say hey let's not screw this up let's get the reins of power back but once we're there let's not leave so much on the table i mean as good as president trump did and he's the best president in modern history we left some good stuff on the table well, I, and, and frankly, if we can get back to that, that place in 2024, I would hope that it would happen beforehand, but I've, I'm, not, uh, I'm, a, I'm a person that feels like you have to walk the process. We've already kind of, the ship has sailed. I think we need, to, we need to correct the record in 2020, but I have some clips that I want to show, show you that are related to what sure. you're going through uh, with the FBI arresting you at the airport. Obviously, you would have just turned yourself in had they given you the opportunity, but they wanted a little showmanship. So the first one is, um, this is uh, Steve Bannon talking about smoking out uh, Garland and, uh, and the fact that he pulled you, he's reporting on them pulling you off a plane. Let's play cut A2 lies from your staff the newsweek editors got to come forward now and say hey here are the two guys that told us right here's the two people that told us they said they had newsweek doesn't make this stuff up they said they had direct knowledge of the matter and were authorized by the justice department to tell them 
We don't know what the FBI did. It looked like it, they thought it was a normal course of business. We have no idea what happened. And now you come out today and say you personally approved it? Did they lie and you try to do the misdirection play that we all be satisfied with? No, because the war room and other entities smoked you out of your cave and forced you to come up there today and wet yourself on global TV. You're an embarrassment. You make Biden look like a man. you got to stand in and own a decision. Don't sit there with the little hump shoulders and the crackling voice. Oh, and I will not stand by. Yeah, you will stand by. You're going to stand by. How about this? You're a lawless scumbag. The people around you are lawless scumbags. The FBI is nothing but a new American Gestapo. They're a bunch of lawless thugs, right? You'll kick down the door and put a gold star mother who's a, who's a, a, a election official in Colorado in chains. You're big shots there. You pull Peter Navarro, a 70-year-old man, off a plane when he's got lawyers talking to him and put him in chains like a dog. This is what you, your big shots. Hey, guess what? Your days are ending. You're, you're blown out the ballot box. Then you're going to be brought up on charges. You're going to be impeached. And then criminal charges should be filed against you. This is an outrage. Peter, what's your thoughts yeah, on that? <clears throat> Interesting enough, Joe, we have um, in my case uh, a what's called a motion to compel discovery, a motion to compel discovery. And what, what we're asking for is for the government um, to provide us, as it's required to do, with all the information that they had at their disposal in making their decision uh, to file criminal charges against me. And there's some, there's some funky things going on. For example, um, <clears throat> I was charged with contempt of Congress along with Dan Scavino. Dan Scavino, I love Dan. He was one of the three people, including me, who was with the boss all the way from the campaign to the end. Mm -hmm. Dan and I share the fact that we were both subpoenaed. Dan and I share the fact that neither one of us gave the select committee any documents. Dan and I share that neither one of us testified. Yet, Dan Scavino got a decline to prosecute from Merrick Garland, whereas they went after me, not, not just in a milquetoast way with a voluntary surrender like is common, but with the, the leg irons of solitary confinement, don't talk to your lawyer, full board treatment. So, there's that. Now, with respect to Merrick Garland, um, we'd love to know. We'd love to know how Merrick Garland made the decision to send the FBI and their dogs after me at that airport rather than do a voluntary surrender, because that seems highly unusual. And look, I, I, this is my, my lawyer calls this a case of first impressions, meaning that <clears throat> the law around this um, you've never seen somebody who is a high-ranking White House official be charged for contempt of Congress criminally, much less put in leg irons. Never happened. So please tell us, Mr. Garland, what, what were those email correspondences and phone calls? Who did you talk to? Did you get pressure from the White House? Did you get pressure from the select committee? How did that all happen? So when Steve Bannon says what he said in that clip, what we're saying is, hey, the public 
needs to understand what the hell is going on here because it just doesn't smell right. So far, it smells like something that, that is inconsistent with our Constitution and what Americans think is, a, is the American justice system. Uh, this looks a, a lot more like um, a third world country or Stalinist Russia or Xi Jinping's China where the mechanism of government is used to punish and perhaps take out political rivals. So a lot of questions here, Joe, that, that I think Mary Garland uh, needs to answer. And to be frank, Come November, if the Republicans take back the House and Kevin McCarthy does what he says he does, or better yet, we get a Trump Republican in as the Speaker, he'll be up there on Capitol Hill answering those questions. It'd be interesting whether he claims executive privilege. So so that, that leads me to this. Jim Jordan came out and said something about the FBI. And, and this was shocking. This just happened a, a day ago. But if we can play this A3, it's a quick cut about Jim Jordan talking about whistleblowers, and there are a lot of them. I understand the template here. The template never changes with these guys. It's the left creates a lie. Big media, mainstream press reports the lie. Big tech amplifies the lie. And then when we try to tell the truth, they call us names and try to cancel us and tell us and tell the world that, oh, we're the ones not, not being square with them. So the country, though, the good news is they figured it out. And I'll tell you who else has figured it out, Trey. And you and John, with your background in law enforcement, appreciate this. 14 FBI agents have come to our office as whistleblowers, and they are good people. There are lots of good people in the FBI. It's the top that's the problem. But the, some of these good agents are coming to us telling us this is baloney what's going on, the political nature now of the Justice Department. God bless them for doing it. Come and talk to us about the school board issue, about a whole host of issues. I mean, it's becoming a well-worn trail of agents who say this has got to stop. And thank goodness for them. And thank goodness that the American people recognizes it. And I believe they're going to make a big change on November 8th. I need to do a quick read for one of our sponsors. Um, this podcast brought to you by IP Vanish. If you're tired of feeling like somebody's always watching you on the internet, maybe advertisers know a little too much about you. We've talked a lot about IP Vanish. They've been a, a partner of the show for quite some time now. But IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet without exposing your private details to third parties, such as hackers, your ISP, or advertisers. You can use IP Vanish on your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you stream media. Um, you can use IP Vanish on a limited device at the same time without sacrificing on speed, your computers, tablets, phones. Um, it's and and for our listeners, they're they're offering an incredible seventy percent off your yearly plan to our listeners with a thirty day money back guarantee. It's like getting nine months for free. It's super easy to use. All you do is tap one button, you're instantly protected. I will tell you that there are some apps that you have to turn off. If you're using like Ring apps or things like that, you have to turn it off in order to actually access it because it has to have a localized IP address. But um, that's just something you just learn when you get it, but you, you get to keep them from getting access to most of your information. Uh, those apps just need it to make it necessary to validate who you are. Uh, so go to ipvanish.com slash daily, use promo code daily. You do have to use the slash daily. So ipvanish.com slash daily, use promo code daily and claim your 70% savings. 14. Yeah. So, so Joe, here, here's my thoughts on this. Um, like Jim Jordan, I've had a number of FBI agents, former and otherwise, um, express their profound <laughs> disgust with the way I was put in leg iron, solitary confinement, 
and treated. Strip search, the whole whole nine yards. Okay, it's like for me that's that's nowhere near enough. And if fourteen agents come as whistleblowers to Jim Jordan, there's thousands of these people in the FBI, and they need to man and woman up now, not behind closed doors as whistleblowers, but they either need to resign or they need to. The right a letter signed by 10,000 of them saying, look, this crap that you've been pulling since James Comey and Peter Strzok and Page and uh, those people, this is not who we are. Because if they don't do that, that's who they are. You are, Look, you are who your record says you are, right? Yep. Bill Belichick. The FBI's record says they put me in leg irons and they 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 rifle Melania's panty draws, okay? That's who the FBI is right now, okay? And so, um, and I remember like two days before uh, I was I was uh, arrested at Reagan Airport on my way simply to do a Mike Huckabee show in Nashville. I called up the agent who would, who would lead the bust on me on that Friday, two days early, and said, Walter said, hey, it's like, whatever you need, just give me a call, okay? You don't need to do what you did the week before. It's like, get me up at dawn, banging on my door. We're, we're, we're trying to work within your, within your framework without me violating executive privilege. And you do that, okay? No. And, you know, he smiles and offers me chocolate after he's got me in handcuffs. It's like, dude, it's like, I don't need that. And I tell you, it's a story I never told anybody yet, Joe, but... Before they took me over to put me in leg irons, I had to drop by an FBI office to get fingerprinted. And I, 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 there was like six of them sitting there, and I, I started saying something about, hey, you know, this is wrong. Why don't you guys speak up? And boy, they, they, that was when the rough stuff started happening. It was not pleasant. They, they didn't want to hear it. Okay, so I don't want to hear about this, this crap about the FBI good whistleblowers coming forward, 14 of them when there's 12,000 people in that agency. Um, this is time when, when folks, if you're an FBI agent, man and woman up here and speak your mind or get the hell out of there. Send, hand in your resignation. But, but let's say that, that there's 3,000 people that hand in the resignation, they get down to 9,000. That's still 9,000 brown shirts that are out there terrorizing American citizens who are standing up and speaking. Yeah, but Joe, I think, I think if 3,000 people left that agency, you'd see another 6,000 leave right, right away. I mean, it's a, this is what, I mean, look, it's like the, um, when they, when they arrested me, I called them kind Nazis, okay? I, I, I go where they give me the chocolate, right? It's like, but still, it's like, this is what happened. I hate using the Nazi analogy is like, it's a, that's like, it's, it's overused. It's over the top a lot of the times. But the problem is when you're in an authoritarian country and you keep your mouth shut, you are, you are basically collaborating with the jackboots. And that's the problem here. There's just no excuse. For, I mean, what they did to President Trump is just, I mean, you've got to be kidding me. And when they, when I saw that, it's like, yeah, they put me in leg irons. I didn't think they could do any worse, but that I, that's, that's worse. And look, what they're trying to do, let's be very clear about this. I've said this 
from the beginning. And that's why the Taking Back Trump's America book is so important. What the select committee is doing, rather than investigate for lawful constitutional purposes, they're just trying to build some kind of criminal hoax against Trump to keep him out of office in 2025. That's all this is. I mean, that's, that's pure signal. The rest of it is noise. And so what we have to do, again, look, we're, we're about 80-something days out from the November elections. I'll ask your audience here. Look, it's like get involved, like help the governors. We got, there's, we got to run the table. Carrie Lake in Arizona, Doug Mastriano, Pennsylvania, Tudor Dixon in Michigan. Those three warriors, yep. we'll get them in those battleground states. That's a big deal. Mark Fincham is Secretary of State in Arizona. Christine Kerala in Michigan. That's a big deal. We got Joe Kent in the state of Washington. These folks getting involved in a race, okay? And not in a race where somebody we know they're going to win, okay? Get involved in a race. And I go back to your discussion about the, the, the Senate. Is the, is the, you know, Mitch McConnell and the Taking Back Trump's America book. You read Taking Back Trump's America book, and by the time you get through with that, if you still like Mitch McConnell, you won't. Because, because he did us tremendous harm during the Trump administration, and it was duplicitous. Peter, do you believe that, I mean, and this is a loaded question, do you believe that they, these people are compromised, like Mitch McConnell, that they, they someone has dirt on them? And, and, or do you believe that they're just a part of this kind of elitist group that is leading the company in a different direction than what the American people's voice truly wants? So with both Mitch McConnell as, as uh, the Senate leader and Kevin McCarthy, here's how it works, Joe. In order for them to get enough votes to be voted leaders by the House or the Senate, what they do is they raise money from all the bad guys, whether it's right. the corporate media, the social media, big tech, Wall Street, whatever. I know this game well. They raise money and then they, they dole it out to people running for Congress every two years or Senate every six years in exchange for, for pledges of fealty to them. And that perpetuates the cycle. And that's why it's been healthy this cycle for House member, House candidates like Joe Kent, for example, to run pledging they're going to not vote for Kevin McCarthy and not taking a friggin' dime of his money. So it, to me, it's like these people are grifters. Kevin McCarthy's a grifter. Mitch McConnell's a grifter, Nancy Pelosi's a grifter. Most people, not all, there's some honorable people in Congress, but most of them are grifters who stay in power because by raising money from places that are going to basically control them in the end. And the beauty of Trump Republicanism is the power of the people can beat big money at least some of the time. And that, I mean, you look at Carrie Lake in Arizona, Joe. I mean, she got outspent. I mean, she got outspent, must have got outspent. Six to one. 20, 30 to one. Yeah. 20 or 30 to one easily. And on election, the day after election morning, she was, she was down by 10 percentage points. But game day voters, true Trump Republicans, voted for her. And she won that race. And so 
Let's Papita. see what happens in Wyoming. I, Liz Cheney's going to try to steal that one. Well, you, you see, you see by the won't. way, the text messages going out where Democrats, the governor of Wyoming, switched yep. his party affiliation to vote, to vote for, for Liz Cheney and then told other Democrats to do the same thing so they could vote yep. in the primary in order to disrupt the people's choice for Republican candidate for her office. I, I mean, is, is that not unethical? Isn't that not on its face unethical that you're interfering with because you, you want to keep someone who's truly a Democrat in office? Liz Cheney, uh, from her high horse on Capitol Hill, is trying to steal that election. And let me just do the numbers real quickly. In 2020, there were about 125,000 votes cast in the primary for Congress. About 100,000 of them were Republicans, about 25,000 were Democrats, okay? In this race, what we've seen so far through this uh, bid for Democrats to switch parties, which they can do, by the way, on the same day as the election. So we've seen a net gain of about 11,000 in terms of Republican, um, from Democrat to Republican. Mm-hmm. That's huge yeah. in a race with, which will probably have only 100,000 voters in the Republican Party uh, primary. Right? And, and the other thing Cheney did, which is, tantamount to trying to steal the election, but she sent out uh, a huge mass mailer under the imprimatur of the government. It looked like it was a government document urging people to vote absentee. She got her hands slapped by the Secretary of State, but right, that should have been a worse offense. So I'm looking at that race. I'd, I'd be surprised if that race were not I think it's going to be a lot closer than the polls are showing, just like was the case with Carrie Lake, because Liz Cheney is trying to steal that election to save her sad, sorry ass from the oblivion she should have been in years ago based on the performance of her father and George Bush. So, so that leads me down to, I mean, I, I have so many questions, but I'm going to get to these questions because I think you're absolutely right. And, and, I, and I obviously am a proponent. I'm a, I'm a, I was a tech CEO. I know tech. I know system architecture. I know the machines. But before I get to that, I want to I play this. This is the, the Dick Cheney. Um, it's the only name that I think is absolutely correct about him. Um, endorsement of Liz Cheney. Let's go ahead and play this quick clip. In our nation's 246-year history, there has never been an individual who was a greater threat to our republic than Donald Trump. He tried to steal the last election using lies and violence to keep himself in power after the voters had rejected him. He is a coward. A real man wouldn't lie to his supporters. He lost his election and he lost big. I know it, he knows it, and deep down, I think most Republicans know it. Lynn and I are so proud of Liz for standing up for the truth, doing what's right, honoring her oath to the Constitution, when so many in our party are too scared to do so. Liz is fearless. She never backs down from a fight. There is nothing more important she will ever do than lead the effort to make sure Donald Trump is never again near the Oval Office. And she will succeed. I am Dick Cheney. I proudly voted for my daughter. I hope you will too. I'm Liz. I want to say so much yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. Peter, oh, you I, see this guy? No, no. I mean, look. Um, there, you know, every gold star mother in Wyoming is going to be outraged 
by that particular clip, as should every other Wyoming. Um, that's not going to sway anybody. The guy looks like death warmed over. Um, but let's see what happens. Joe, I, I've got to apologize now. I've got an important yeah. uh, 3.30 meeting here with my <laughs> legal team. Uh, but I will come on your show anytime. I love talking to you. It's a great show. Um, if you got one last last question, I can do it. But but if you can, um, all right. So we'll we'll, we'll do to, this, uh, and then I have a couple clips that I'll I'll play afterwards. But taking back Trump's America, why we lost the White House, and how we'll win it back. It comes out on September twentieth. They can get it on Amazon now. Our listeners will go. I'm not going to Amazon. I'll say you get it at Barnes and Noble as well. Correct. Yes, barnesandnoble.com. Yeah, and it's on Audible, so you can get the audio version for this as well. Or is that going to come out later? No, that's uh, you can pre-order that now as well. Okay, Um, great production, by the way. It's got some uh, get you Steve Bannon guests in it, Corey Lewandowski, others. Even the boss has a little clip in it. And how can they support your legal fees specifically? How can we help you in this legal battle you have? Um, Where do they go to do that? Sure. Um, PeterNavar.com is like the one-stop shop to get you to the book and the legal thing. But, um, and I know you're using this, Joe, Give, Send, Go. I love that website. Uh, I've got a unique URL. It's simply DefendPeter.com. DefendPeter.com. Um, we've raised over $200,000 so far, but I've already uh, had costs of over $400,000. It's legal uh, lawfare that the Democrats are waging and any help you can give. But the, the Taking Back Trump's America book, see me buy that, get one for a friend. We really got to take back Trump's America. And we'll get a couple of those books as well and give them away to some of our listeners. But, uh, Peter, you have to go, but we're going to pray for you on the show. We pray after every show, so we're going to pray on the show for you. We'll pray for your family. And uh, we, I do want to say this. Thank you. Thank you for having courage, acting in that courage, and, and having the faith and commitment to stand up for the American people. God bless you. All right, my brother Joe, God bless you. God bless you. Peter Navarro. Um, I want to I tell you about his previous book, In Trump Time. That book was amazing. It was fire. And some of the stories that you did not get in In Trump Time, it, you're going to get in this book, Taking Back Trump's America, uh, Why We Lost the White House and How We Win It Back. My guess is that you will have some of the conversations that will exist in this, uh, in this book related to election fraud. There's a couple things that I want to play before we go. And I know we're running over, but it's really important that you understand that Peter Navarro is standing up. And he, he's basically saying, listen, you've already violated every part of the Constitution. You have already politicized and, and created a, you, you know, he, he talks about Stalin's government, right? So they've already created an environment where truth has no place. Jim Jordan talked about it. But Peter talked about what happened in Arizona. I want to play this. This is a for talking about the Cary Lake um, uh, coming back from 10, 10 points down and the fact that they tried to stop Republicans from voting on the primary on Election Day, ran out of paper, did everything they could to interfere with it. And the machines, by the way, were programmed to defraud the American people. I'm telling you right now, the machines are the problem. Absentee ballots, which is what we talked about before, are the problem. But I want to play this if I can. Mr. Producer, let's play A4. PeterNavarro.com. PeterNavarro.com. 
And what I what I found was it wasn't just fraud. It was these other five dimensions of election irregularities uh, that were involved. Um, and in the second volume of the report uh, called The Art of the Steel, I showed that the Democrat strategy was very, very simple. It was, on the one hand, dramatically increase the amount of absentee ballots, which would facilitate the flow of illegal ballots into the count, at the same time that you decreased the scrutiny of the ballots. In other words, there'd be more ballots coming in and you'd look at less of them to check their signatures and other kinds of things. So um, that was that, that was the, the second. And then in the third volume of the report, um, I present kind of the, the receipts that Steve likes to call them, the numbers. And uh, this whole thing was based on court cases, affidavits and declarations, news stories, raw data, expert testimonies, and study. And my friends, to date, the Navarro Report uh, as an historic document really is the definitive work on a stolen election. And what's interesting to me is that um, the, the mass media out there has tried to they, they, not to mention it, and yet they never su have successfully critiqued it. And it, it's now a bookends with two movies. Um, one is uh, Rigged, that Dave Bossy did, great movie, and then the other is 2,000 Mules. What I proved as possible in the Navarro Report, the, those two movies demonstrate now as fact. And if you go um, to the kinds of election irregularities that we saw in this fountainhead, the railhead, of Arizona, it was again not just fraud, it was ballot mishandling, what I called contestable process files, equal protection clause violations, um, and, uh, and other things. And what the most important slide I'll show you is, is simply this, and this was the same for all six battleground states. It's basically, I uncovered uh, uh, around 250,000 possible illegal votes. Uh, when the alleged Biden victory margin was only about 11,000 votes, which gives you a, a margin of error, a greater margin of victory of 24 times. There was just, there was just a, an ocean of possible illegal ballots there. And the picture behind me here, this was where uh, the, the Concord Bridge, as Steve likes to call it, in Arizona, where the state legislature made a run at doing a recount and a canvas um, that, that basically got destroyed by the interference um, and heavy-handedness and bullying and coercion of Merrick Garland, um, the uh, Attorney General of the United States, who threatened anybody in the state of Arizona who dared uh, contest the results um, with um, jail. Uh, essentially, and but but out of that came proof, proof um, that Trump won the election. Um, just in one finding alone, 50,000 ghost voters voting absentee, and the ghost vote the absentees went two thirds to three quarters uh, for Biden. And if you simply throw those ballots out as you should, according to that analysis. Um, that would be a vote swing in favor of Trump of about 30,000 votes, 
which would wipe out the alleged victory margin. And that's just one small parameter. But out of this, this whole effort, um, over time, there emerged heroes. Uh, these were people who are now on the ballot today who we have to get help get elect. Uh, it, it, for me, the tip of the spear is Mark. So I think I think it's interesting because he's talking about all this. this is the Navarro report, by the way, is what he was he was referring to. The Navarro report has three volumes: volume one, volume two, volume three. Um, so the first one is called the Immaculate Deception. The second one is the Art of the Steel, and three is Yes, President Trump won. Um, you know, and some of the work that he has in there analyzes all of the voter machine irregularities, but he stays away from technology in large part because, frankly, that's not his. That's not what he's good at. Well, I want to bring this up if I can. So we we were able to find. And, and the reason why this is interesting to me is that we're, we're always looking for, I'm always looking for information related to how do I strengthen or, or disprove whether or not there was election fraud. Because at the end of the day, what, you know, th there's a saying that you say, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong? Now, I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. But I, I went through this same argument when dealing with Eric Coomer. When I came out with him, I go, what if I'm wrong? What if, what if it was, and, and I said this in a previous one where I said, what if it's a plumber or a plumbing company? You know, it's Eric from Dominion Plumbing. I, I don't even know if that's a real thing. But I said that, and then I talked about the process that I took in order to go through and validate who he was. And, you know, even though going through YouTube videos, where I listen to YouTube videos of him talking, and was that the same guy? It was the same guy. And, and I, have, I have another question for you related to that, but I'm going to wait on that for a minute. But I, I found, so one of the things that I found, and I was, and, and this person contacted me, is there's a substack out there, and this substack literally has another way of looking at election fraud. And he has decades of experience in looking at system architecture and engineering and um, he, he, frankly, he was amazing. The guy's absolutely amazing. And so I want to share that with you if I can. And Mr. Producer, I put that in there, uh, in the file. Let me see if I can find it really quick. And I walk through all the information related to this substack. Um, and I will remind everyone before we go on that as we fight to take back our country and as we are all preparing for the future that lies ahead of us, how important it is for you to protect your family and prepare yourself to be able to do so. We're blessed to have a relationship with DCF Guns here in Colorado. They have three locations, one in Castle Rock and two down in Colorado Springs, uh, but they have a ton of inventory. It's one of the things I love about DCF. They consistently have more inventory than anywhere else that I've I've seen if you need a handgun for concealed carry, if you need something to protect your home, go to DCF Guns at any of their locations. Uh, if you go to dcfguns.co, uh, which is what you're looking at right now, you can go straight to their online store and you can check out the things that they do currently have in stock right now. 
make sure that you get something that's appropriate and most importantly make sure that you get some training you can do that at dcf guns they offer some great training by some really really phenomenal instructors so go get something that's going to work for you that's going to allow you to be prepared get ammo magazines whatever you need they have safes and most importantly get training get familiar with the weapon that uh, you choose and make sure that you and your family are protected. So that's DCF Guns in Castle Rock and in Colorado Springs. They have two locations there. Go to dcfguns.co to go straight to their online store. I wanna, I wanna say, Mr. Producer, do you have Was it? Was it from this morning? Yeah, it's the one that, that I had before. It was the, let me see if I can find it. I'm not, I'm not finding it. I will find it. So you guys, I, I will find it. But this particular information, um, as you start to look at um, a different way of looking at the election fraud, it becomes impossible for you not to see or not to understand the sheer amount of, here it is, found it. Let me put this up if I can, Mr. Producer. It's called Tinfoil Apocalypse2.substack.com. Um, um, I'm putting it over to you, Mr. Producer, so you have it. And then we'll kind of go through it if we can. You, you had to subscribe to it, so go ahead and hit the subscribe button, and then I'll walk through it. But this goes through vote manipulation all over the country. Now, this particular person also worked on information related to COVID vaccine and cases, and was able to push them into, you know, build a, you know, in Python, build this, this uh, report that allowed for you to see everything in real time. And the, the thing that I like about this is that he hasn't come forward and said, hey, I want all my information out there. What he's done is he said, hey, take a look at it yourself. These are from the CBR files. He does things not just in Colorado, but around the nation. He does it in different election machine environments. At the end of the day, when you go through, and, and it's highly technical, we're trying to dumb it down a little bit, and we'll get to a place where it's dumbed down a little bit. But as you go through all of these details, and we start to put it in the layman's terms for you, you're able to go through every single state. Now, here's the problem, and, and we're, is some of the things that we see even happening in Florida could possibly hurt DeSantis in his reelection. Let me say that again. The things that we're seeing in this could in essence, become problematic for DeSantis in Florida. And, but the way that he does these analysis, it's impossible to dispute. Now, the stuff that Jeff O'Donnell, um, Lonely Raccoon, Lonesome Raccoon does is bulletproof, goes through the system and log files. But this information is a direct correlation of the fact that these voting machine companies have what I, what I agree, and it, frankly it is, a QA problem. Because they have to keep the circle very tight, and you saw the stuff that Clay Parikh said about not being able to get access to the, the source code to look at it and look for vulnerabilities. This shows that the, the problem that we have in our elections, albeit to talk about the absentee ballots and the, and the mail-in ballots, is directly in the machine. 100% the machine code is what is housing the ability for them to steal your voice. Okay. As we start looking at this upcoming election that's in, I think, 86 days, 
one of the things that we're going to have to talk about collectively is how to work the problem. And Peter Navarro came out and talked about how you get involved in, in a very meaningful way in some of these elections across the country. Not, not the elections we know we're going to win, but the elections that are contested, like Kerry Lake's election, like Joe Kent's election, even like some of the, some of the ones that I think are probably more contentious, but we may win, we may not win. Some of the, case, some of the um, uh, races up in Michigan, I mean, there's, 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 there's places in Colorado, I think, that they've taken off the top line, unless we can actually get to a place where we can reexamine the ballots and the primaries. Um, places like Colorado are largely going to be unaffected because they've put their, their candidates, which are really just Democrats, in the position where if a Democrat or Republican wins, it doesn't matter. We have 84 days. You're right. Sorry, 84 days. But, but as we start talking about working the problem, as we start talking about the things related to the election in uh, this 2022, uh, Peter pointed out that we have to take back the House, which means you have to also become an ambassador of truth and get people to vote on Election Day. You also have to be able to report back any, any ir irregularities that have happened related to the election in your particular environment. And as we, as we close out this segment, I want you guys to know that we are, we are winning. I'm gonna, we're going to put up the Navarro report, by the way. We're going to put up the uh, uh, information related to how to get Peter Navarro's book. It does come out on September 20th. Mr. Bridger, there's a bunch of other stuff that I wanted to play, but um, I think that uh, this one stands on its own with Peter Navarro speaking. So we'll have him back on again. I do want to get an update from him on uh, his case as much as he can tell us about later on. Um, but that's it. I do want to pay, uh, pray for Peter. Did I miss anything, Mr. Producer? I miss anything? I don't think so that we need to cover right now. All right. All right. So let's, let's pray for Peter and his family. Let's pray, pray for President Trump. And um, guys, listen, you, you can't have people that are fighting for you. You have to fight with them. You have to stand shoulder to shoulder with them. And Peter needs your help. So you can go to defendpeter.com. You can also go to thegivesendgo.com slash Navarro. And you can go to peternavarro.com. That's P-E-T-E-R-N-A-V-A-R-R-O.com. Okay, let's pray. And just real quick, yeah. if you do go to peternavarro.com, you can order the book from that website. And yeah. you can also get the Navarro Report, uh, which is pictured here. The entire volume one, two, and three of the Navarro Report are on that website. Awesome. And it talks about things that we need to watch for. Until we get rid of the machines, until we get rid of mail-in ballots, obviously there's stuff that I want to concentrate on and talk about. You'll see that I'll always talk about election fraud. Every single one of our podcasts, we're going to be talking about election fraud because that is the problem. All the symptoms we, we see, they're all related to that. And I'm so glad that Peter talked about the Trump Republicans, a different party. It's a totally different party. You have the rhinos the uniparty that hangs out with the Democrats, and then you have those people that are willing to stand up for American values. We should just call it the American Values Party. Um, yeah, by the way, go to, to MyPillow, and uh, if you would, uh, use code CD21, save up to 66%. You can also use that at mystore.com, um, but do everything you can to support Mike Lindell. As a last thing that I, I know we need to talk about this is that we have the Truth Summit, Moment of Truth Summit, which is happening the 20th and 21st um, out of Missouri. It will be broadcast on Conservative Daily. We will go live the entire time on Conservative Daily. So the entire symposium, I call it a symposium, the entire summit will be here live for you. I will be going live while I'm there. Um, in between that, 
uh, Mr. Producer, I think it's 12 hours both days, right? It's going to be a marathon. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, it's a full two days. And um, we'll be doing some special interviews while we're there as well, talking to other legislators, talking to other people. Um, we'll, we'll set up a, a small area there to be able to have those conversations or do it remotely. Um, but I, I want you to know that uh, you need to tune into that and you get other people to tune into that. This is going to be information update from all 50 states. And then what we can do collectively in order to take our country back. All right, let's pray. Father God, thank you for the opportunity we have to be here today. Thank you for uh, the opportunity to have Peter Navarro come on the show and to just talk truth with us, Father, and to show us the amount of courage that he has shown up until this point, the commitment and the stamina to stand for the American people, Father. Father, thank you for Peter. Thank you for having him walk side by side with President Trump. Thank you for the service to our nation. Um, thank you for his commitment to do the right thing and to be ethical and moral, and despite being in the middle of the swamp where all this self-dealing um, happens to, to be consuming uh, the American people uh, specifically. Father, please, please bless Peter, bless his family, put a hedge of protection around him and his family. Uh, please guard his mind, guard his, his, his heart. But Father, also give him good health. Help him that he can uh, push out the stress. Help him that he may still have joy. He may still have peace, Father. Give him that peace. Father, please, please watch over Peter in this trial and in this case. Please deliver him. Father, please bless Peter with the finances to be able to, to withstand all of the legal expenses that have been thrust upon him and his family. Father, please bless President Trump. Please give him peace. Please guard his heart, guard his mind. Give him the stamina that he may continue to stand for the American people, Father. Father, please bless him, bless his finances, bless his family. Father, I would just ask you to walk Walk with these men. Help them to deliver our country into a place of complete redemption and restoration. Help us to restore order and to give back power to the people, Father, by exposing all of the evil and bad people that are in Washington and around our country and around the globe. Father, I would just ask you to crush the World Economic Forum. I would ask you to bring the evil of our, of our nation and, and, and in this world, I bring it to its knees, Father. We're in a, we're in a rough time and, and just, there's no words to describe what we're going through right now, but Father, I would, just, I would just ask you to give us peace, give us joy, but give us the strength and the courage and the boldness that we can move forward that we can speak truth regardless of, of the consequences that may come, regardless of the sacrifice that we may make. Help us that we may walk that path, knowing it's going to be tough, but walk that path so that we can restore our nation, Father. We ask for all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I just kept thinking about all the things that he's going through and the fact that he was taken off a plane and put in, in shackles. And the things that the FBI has done to so many people, and then ruffle, you know, rummaging through uh, Melania's uh, underwear drawer, 
and I didn't even get to talk about this, but I want you guys to recognize something. If President Trump comes in and just utters the word, this is declassified, it's declassified. And when he's having conversations with the National Archive and they're trying to find ways to weaponize laws against him that are specifically used to stop him from being able to run for office in 2024. They, he is the one person that is standing in the way of them annihilating the American people because they hate you. And to have someone like Peter standing up and speaking truth about all of these Judases inside the White House, it's necessary. So go read that book. Also, read the book, A Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates. I think that book is powerful, and it has the ability to, uh, I think, teach you something about what we need to do as a country so that we can become the lesser magistrates. As, as Peter talked about the DOJ and the FBI and others being completely overrun, corrupted, what's left? We are the thing that is left. And this is what Merrick Garland and Obama and Basement Biden and the rest of these weak, sniveling, evil people, we are the thing that can stop them in their tracks. All right, God bless you. We'll see you guys tomorrow. we got Cash Patel on tomorrow, so I'll see you then. If you want to watch Conservative Daily Podcast, we go live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time and 4 p.m. Mountain Time. You can find us live at conservative-daily.com on Rumble, on Frank's Beach, where we go live on Lindell TV 2 at those same times, on DLive, and now on Odyssey. You can also find our episodes at brighteon.com. Make sure you also check out the link in the description to go to the Brighteon store and prepare you and your family with the awesome storable food and other products that they have there. You can find us on the audio edition at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible, and everywhere else. Make sure you go and give us a five-star review and be that ambassador of truth. Share this episode with everyone who needs to hear it. Text the word FREEDOM to 89517 and we'll shoot you a text message when we're about to go live. Check out the description for our link to the daily newsletter so you get access to the fax blasts. We want to thank you for being a listener of Conservative Daily Podcast as we pursue truth and fight to restore our nation. We will continue to provide you with the most important information that the mainstream media will not show you. Now at conservative-daily.com, you have the option to become a member with us. Each membership option varies in access and discounts in regards to the ability to interact with the daily fax blasts, monthly savings, access to extra content, and interactions with the hosts and guests of the show. Go to conservative-daily.com and become a member right now for as little as $10 a month. Make sure you check out social media and find us everywhere at Conservative Daily and at Joel Oltman. We'll see you next time on Conservative Daily Podcast. It's time to do the hard work. Let's take our country back, patriots. God bless America.